Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Robert, and this is Eric. Eric, do you want to hit us off with the introduction? Uh, yes, thanks, Robert. I met Robert back in the Navy. Uh, immediately, I realized that he is also a fantasy football degenerate, just like me. We love talking fantasy football. Uh, so we decided we're going to make a podcast. You can find us on Twitter at BubbleheadFantasyFB. We hope you'll continue to join us going forward. Uh, and enjoy the content we put out. Robbie, will you tell everyone what we're going to discuss today? Yeah, so uh, just one more thing, too, about the Twitter. So if you do uh, follow us on Twitter, if you have any questions or want us to cover any specific thing, uh, just throw us a a mention on there, and we'll cover it on our next podcast. So today, though, we're going to be covering the AFC East and doing a recap of 2021, as well as uh, what we expect to happen in 2022. So we're starting off with the Bills here today. What do you think about Josh Allen? Eric, that seems like the most logical place to start here. Yeah, so I have Josh Allen as a tier one Superflex Dynasty asset. Josh Allen is what we all wanted Cam Newton to be. He's improved significantly as a passer, especially the last two years since Stefan Diggs has come there. Has a great rushing floor. I don't know much more to say. Yeah, so for me, Josh Allen, he's been the number one quarterback in fantasy the last two years. So he obviously has the numbers to back up any ranking you give him right you could you could argue that he could go one should go 1.01 um i wouldn't draft him 1.01 because i do think that rushing floor is is maybe a little bit deceiving uh i feel like that's going to crash back down to earth eventually other than that though yeah i mean he's still a tier one or quarterback right like you you won't go wrong drafting josh allen i I feel like he goes into the next season same level of production expected as he has the past two years um the one issue that I though that I do think with Josh Allen, and this comes comes with the next kind of topic here, what do they do when they actually have a running back room? Because Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, you know, they're not getting it done. They're not really stealing any touches, so that's left, left a lot of room for Josh Allen to be as productive as he he has. Uh, what do you think happens there? Do you think that that the running back situation could could change his floor? Perhaps minimally, honestly, I don't see it being a big effect. I think. There are some good running backs in this class, and both Singletary and Moss, especially Moss, has left a lot to um, be desired. Um, I actually am a bit of a fan of Singletary, but I would not be surprised at all if they bring in one of the better running backs for the 2022 class. And that certainly could reduce the amount of um, rushing yardage I could see Josh Allen, but I still think he's going to be a great goal line weapon. I, I think... If you improve the the running back position, it's going to increase the offense as a whole and their efficiency and their production. So, I'm no, I am not concerned that adding a very talented running back will hurt Josh Allen's fantasy outlook. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it puts him in any danger of like dropping out of the tier one by any means. Um, but yeah, I do think it bears mention though. Like you know, he's had minimal running back production pretty much his entire career, right? So. Uh, the second that he gets a good running back in there, I could see those rushing numbers t- declining a bit. So we'll see what happens there. I, I think they're going to go running back in the first round. What do you think they do with the, that first round pick? Do you think they go running back? Do you think they go defense? What do you think? I know fantasy football managers want them to go running back in the first round. That's for sure. I, it's tough to take fantasy or take running backs in the first round in an NFL draft. Uh, Najee went last year. ETN went uh, as well. The year before, CH went at uh, 32, but like Jonathan Taylor, 
Javante Williams, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, all these really good running backs you can get in the second round. So I tend to I tend to try and stay away from a first round running back if I'm thinking NFL wise. Yeah, I mean, unless you're getting you know a Ezekiel Elliott level prospect or a Saquon Barkley level prospect, true, it's probably true. not a good idea. So moving on to Zach Moss though, what do you do? You think Zach Moss has any place in this offense next year? He's uh, he's a depth piece in fantasy. I'm not interested, which is sad. I really like them coming out of Utah, honestly. I just, just didn't translate, I guess. Were They're you good. on that hype train at the beginning of the year? Did you think he was going to blow up this year? Uh, not blow up, but I was bullish. I was bullish. Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of upset going into the year. I never managed to get any shares of him. And well, it looks like it's a good decision now, clearly. But yeah, I mean, single Terry is running away with his job. The oh, last yeah. five weeks, oh, yeah. he's, had, he's had 82, 93, 68, 7, correction, 80, and 76%. Snap percentage. He's got 19.7 points per game. He's killing it. So for me, that's why I like Singletary, because perhaps they do not take um, a big running back in the 2022 draft. And he still finished running back 20, right? So, you know, it's that's not a bad a bad uh, spot to get a running back, especially for the price you can probably get done in Singletary. Yeah. So what about the wide receivers? Any any big so Stephon Diggs is the obviously the number one receiver there. He was wide receiver seven this past year. Uh, I don't. Do you have anything you you want to talk about with Stephon Diggs? Do you think he does better or worse past year? So for me, I want to talk about his age. Stephon Diggs turned twenty eight in November of two thousand twenty one. Stephon Diggs is not old. Uh, a lot of people are talking about these very young receivers and how they're the the ones to get in Dynasty. Their prices are out through the roof. The Justin Jeffersons, the Jamar Chases, the A.J. Browns of the world. Stefan Ziggs still has two seasons before they're going to be 30. I see them with, uh, with Josh Allen for the next two and more years probably still being a really, really valuable asset. So I, I think Diggs is someone you should try and go get, honestly, because a lot of managers are probably starting to wonder, is it time to sell? He's getting older. I agree with you. You know, he's definitely young. I don't know if I'd put him in the same category though as the other kind of two, the the other big young wide receivers. And really, the issue comes into that is I don't know how much better he can get. He finished wide receiver three in the twenty twenty season, and then he finished wide receiver seven in twenty twenty one. The reason I feel like you could you should go after those other guys though is because I feel like they have the actual single ceiling to get to the wide receiver one and stay roughly around like wide receiver one through like four or five. They have that huge target share, especially Justin Jefferson, um, and they have the touchdown potential, which I feel like t- Stephon Diggs really hasn't been. He's been good with touchdowns, obviously, but I don't know if he's. He's really in that tier. But the thing is, though, too, to think about that is Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders took a lot of targets in that offense this past year. So how much are those numbers hidden by those targets being taken away by those other two guys? So I'm torn. Basically, I'm torn. You know, I I, I would I would hold if I was if, if I was anybody, I would hold them. I wouldn't I wouldn't sell them for super high and or super low and I wouldn't buy them for super high. You know what I mean? No, not super high, but that's kind of my point is I don't think you have to spend anywhere close to Jefferson or Chase or A.J. Brown type value because of the age gap. 
don't get me wrong, I want those receivers just because of the youth. But I think you're going to get similar production for two, maybe more seasons. So if I'm competing, give me Diggs. Like, he should be pretty gettable, and he's going to give you mid-wide receiver one numbers. The target share is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I, and, you know, I feel like Buffalo is designed to throw the football, um, which actually that bring, brings me into the, one of the my next points, too, that I wanted to bring up. Why is Buffalo not designed to be a cold-weather team when they live in Buffalo? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. They can't run the ball, and they try to throw it around the park. It doesn't make sense to me. I feel like with the running back room, that's like if they're going to be a playoff team, they have to get a running back. And, you know. Yeah, I agree. So just so everyone knows, we're recording this Saturday morning of the uh, wild card opening weekend of the playoffs. So we haven't seen uh, round three of New England Buffalo 2021 season. But I agree that without a good running back, they are definitely challenged in the playoffs. I wonder, was that the purpose of Zach Moss? Zach Moss is a big bruising back. That was kind of his MO as um, a Zeke Elliott light, you know, quite light, especially after we've seen them in the NFL a little bit. But that was the idea. Was that what they were trying to do with Moss? And it just totally blew up. It must be, you know, that's what makes sense to me. And that's why I feel a lot of people had the, had all the hype on him, right? Cause he was supposed to be the workhorse connect this coming year. And that yeah. just obviously that didn't play out. Um, moving on. What do you think about Gabriel Davis? I like Davis. Um, I, I think that they especially right. You mentioned uh, Sanders and Beasley are going to be, they're not going to be gone necessarily, but they have very low dead cap money in the next season. So I think it's likely with their age, they'll both be gone. Yeah, Sanders is a free agent. So he's I, I don't think there's any chance that he resigns. Yeah. So with their targets gone, I think Davis has a lot of potential to grow. They haven't produced well um, for their seasons other than games here and there. They have shown some some spurts. Week 15 this year, they had a huge game. If anyone played them in the week 15, they probably won their week. You know, as their wide receiver four putting up 25 plus points. Uh, what do you think? How are you bullish on I'm a, Davis? I'm a big Davis believer, uh, and I and I yeah. feel like that's partially because of the target share, right? And and that's one of the things that you know I've learned, especially this past year, was. Target share doesn't like because if you look at um, Atlanta with Mike Davis, you know, I was super high on Mike Davis because I was like, okay, well, who else is going to be the running back there? You know, there's no other option. Well, just so happened that, you know, Cordell Patterson came out and took all those those shares that uh, Davis, I thought, was supposed to get. And I'm worried about the same thing happening with Davis. Maybe we all get so high on Davis saying like, oh, well, there's so many targets going to be going his way now. There's so much so much more free in that offense so how would he not take it well i don't know if that's something that i'm 100 percent willing to just throw everything at i would try to buy him low see if you can get him for pretty cheap but i wouldn't i'm not going out of my way to try to get him uh one of the things i like to do with these is i like to get a package deal basically throw like maybe maybe try to throw stuff on digs uh like let's say i have AJ Brown, for instance, I would try to do something like AJ Brown for 
I'm going to try to do like Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis and like maybe a pick for AJ Brown. See if I can throw AJ Brown out there. Yeah. Uh, I'd like that. You should be able to get a pretty good pick back on that. Uh, yeah. I think probably easily an early second in 2022, but I yep. would definitely be pushing for, for the first, uh, for that deal. But I yeah. get it because Davis yeah. could be a big ticket, but be careful to invest too much because yeah. they could draft a receiver. They could bring in a free agent. They're not guaranteed by any means to be number two. Yeah. But and that's what I'm saying. You know, you don't want to give, you don't want to throw so much into that deal and say, Hey, like I'll give you whatever you want for Davis, like get him in a package deal with some other guy you like, like maybe like, I, I really like Daryl, uh, Darnell Mooney and, try to get him because I feel like Darnell Mooney is going to be a good pickup next year with Allen Robinson being most likely gone and Justin Fields continuing to grow in that offense. I would try to throw Graber Davis into something like that. Maybe try to get something, a good deal like that. Uh, but, you know, I, I think there's value there. That's what I'm saying, really. Yeah. So uh, moving on to, to Dawson Knox. He was tight in eight in uh, the PPR leagues this year. I don't really know. I don't know how much he higher he can go. To be honest with you, though, what, what do you think? Dawson Knox is is like the perfect buy sell candidate because you can make the argument very easily that he's about to explode and become this really great tight end, or you could just say, you know what, he's just a guy. He's just another player on a good offense that happened to luck into some some very effective numbers this year. I personally would look to sell. They, like you said, tight end eight. They're a young player. This is the last year of their rookie deal in 2022. We don't know if they're going to stay in Buffalo with Josh Allen. We don't know if they draft another tight end and do a compliment. If you look at Mike Clay's OTD, it's the projection on how many touchdowns a player is going to score depending on all the plays they had for a season. They were only supposed to get 6.8. They had nine. So, they're slightly over their head, regression to the mean, as Michael Clay likes to say. Probably not even really a tight end eight. So if you can get – what what are you buying Knox for? Like, don't get me wrong. I'll buy Knox for the right price. But I just feel most Knox owners are, like, thinking they have this great ticket and you would have to pay a ton to get them. Yeah, I, I feel like the price is super high right now. We, I feel like we got into the situation with Robert Tanya last year. Uh, I had Robert Tanya yeah. in a keeper league, and I ended up, I didn't keep him or anything like that, nothing crazy like that. But at the same time, you know, people were like jumping up super high to grab Robert Tanya because he's this, he scored all these touchdowns, and he's Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers' favorite target Rodgers. in the red zone. Yeah. And well, <laughs> he didn't, he didn't perform like that this year. No, and I know that's a, that is a, a key thing to remember with Dawson Knox. And maybe it's he's Dawson Knox is definitely more talented than Robert Tanyan, though, to be clear. But he is, he is. Let's move on to the Patriots. You know, you're a Patriots fan. You're spoiled. I am. But uh, <laughs> Mac Jones, uh, you managed to, Patriots fans managed to luck into this one. And, uh, you know, what do you think, fantasy wise? So, fantasy wise, I think Mac Jones – so our standard league that we're looking at here, Robbie, is a super flex tight end le- premium league, 12 teams, dynasty. 
So with the Superflex, I love Mac Jones and a 12-team Superflex. I definitely think they're going to be a QB2 for years and years. With the potential, if you actually get some NFL-caliber wide receivers, uh, I think they could be a QB1. Like Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, don't get me wrong. They've done a good job using those weapons, and they do have some good tight ends, but... Mac Jones has nothing for weapons, and he's still producing. You QB eighteen, QB eighteen this year. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, as a rookie, that's not bad. That's uh, what I mean. As a know, rookie, so yeah, and I, and I feel like uh, with Bill Belichick there, they're gonna and uh, Josh McDaniels, I, they're they're gonna make the offense around him and what he does well. So I'm not worried about him having this huge regression. Sophomore, uh, sophomore year in the NFL, I, I don't, I don't really see that happening. One person I do see regressing though is Damian Harris. He was running back fourteen this year with, I think it was fifteen touchdowns. Fifteen, yeah. And that's, I don't think that's maintainable in any way. And that's mostly that. Most of that is too is because of Ramon J. Stevenson. He, he's going to eat into those touches. I feel like. Which back would you prefer going forward? I still feel like Damian Harris is the better option. But at the same time, yeah. like what happened with James Conner, you know, J- James Conner, whenever he was in Pittsburgh that second year, I mean, yeah, the offensive line was terrible in Pittsburgh yeah. the past two years. But I feel like that's kind of something to look at, too, is like, so I feel like they're going to try to see what they have in Ramondre Stevenson and they're going to see, can we let Damien Harris go? Like, do we have the option to like just let him go next year? And I think they will. I think they're going to let Ramondre Stevenson get maybe not the bulk of touches. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the workhorse by any means, but I do think that they're going to go to a little bit more of a a one-two split kind of thing. The thing for Damian Harris for me is, like you said, is will they be retained? I think there's no chance. So 2022 is the last year of Damian Harris's rookie year. I'm a Pats fan. I can't remember the last time they've re-signed a running back that wasn't low money, low money. You know, James White's been there forever. And they've resigned these smaller backs. But Damian Harris is going to command money. He's got 15 touchdowns. He's rushing over 1,000 yards. He's doing that with a very limited um, very limited number of touches. He only has three games this year with more than uh, 48% snap percentage. And he's doing yeah. – he's, he's an RB14. I agree yeah, I would, that – I that, would buy Damian Harris for the future – for the right price, because I think you're going to pay too much right now. You're going to pay way too much for me because he's going to be a free agent next in a, in a couple of years, right? So, where does he go? Who do, who does he sign with? Uh, if you could tell me right now, like you could look, if I could look into the future and say, "Hey, Damian Harris went to Atlanta and he's the starting running back for Atlanta," I'll buy that right now. Yeah, right now though, I'm selling because what even Damian Harris has a good season next year. I think you're right. Stevenson will have some of the the workload that currently Harris had, but what is he RB two? Well, back in RB two next year, if he has a solid season. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're at that point, you know, you're losing value. And then let's say he goes to a terrible situation. Well, now you can't sell him for anything. So, yeah, I mean, right now you're, you're looking at peak value right now, unless he managed to go to some situation that, is just out of this world, uh, and I don't I don't see any of those really places being honestly all that great. Uh, like I like Atlanta a lot because uh, I feel like they would 
they're going to need a running back, and I don't see their. I don't think they're going to draft one this past this in the upcoming year. So, like, so what do you do with them after after you hold on to He's them for gonna, too long? Paris is going to go into a committee. He's going to be doing the same thing. He had three games with more than forty eight percent time percentage. He's going to have to rely on ultra high efficiency. Yep. He's got fifteen touchdowns. He's not involved in the passing game. He's a good player. Like I like him as an NFL player. It's just uh, I don't want them on my fantasy team right now because their value is probably – I can probably get way more value for Harris than what I would want, what I would pay for them at least. Yeah. What about James White, though? We barely mentioned James White. You know, He had that hip still plugged in uh, 2021. Uh, I don't know if he's going to come back to form. I don't, I don't know if he's – He's a free agent, and I don't know if he's going to resign. I don't really know if who's going to take him after that injury. It's just so hard to rely on James White at this point. James White has actually had a pretty decent uh, fantasy football career, but with a really bad hip injury like that over on the wrong side of thirty, it's it. Unless I'm getting super low, like fourth probably more like a fifth-round pick that I have to pay for James White. I'm not interested. And that's only, only if I'm a very, very serious title contender. So, yeah. for the most part, not interested. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't really see any interest in, in James White anymore. Um, I'm sure a lot of people probably have him on their, their roster still just because he was so effective for so long. Um, I would see where he goes in, in 2022, but then most likely just drop him, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the wide receiver core, and there's not a lot of big names here. There's there's not a lot of big fantasy names or even good fantasy names. No. Um, Nelson Aguilar was a title winner in 2020, um, but he was wide receiver 71 and 21, and that 2020 run looks to just be an aberration based off of past years and uh, 2021 performance. Yeah, Aguilar is actually one of my least favorite receivers in New England, which, like you said, isn't saying much because they don't have much there. I would prefer Myers and Bourne, honestly. I think they at least have some value. Aguilar, no. I, I want nothing to do with them. So, But the interesting part about New England, though, is so Myers is a free agent in 2021 or 20, yeah, 2021 and or in 2022, sorry. And he is going to be – he's going into the season as the leading receiver in New England. So who who's willing to pay for him, and how much is that market? Because I don't think New England's going to match that market price. So then let's say that New England is unable to sign a, a veteran wide receiver like Allen Robinson or maybe a Chris Godwin or something like that. Kendrick Bourne then becomes a pretty, pretty solid option in fantasy. Um, I, would, I wouldn't buy him. Uh, but I would, I would, it's something to look into for redraft leagues and like, uh, keeper leagues though, because, you know, Kendrick Bourne, you might be able to get him in the draft fairly, fairly late. And well, oh, well, they didn't sign anybody. They didn't draft anybody. So, well, now Kendrick Bourne's the number one receiver there. So, I mean, that's an interesting thought, right? Well, with Bourne, I think if they don't sign any free agents or draft, you know, one or multiple wide receivers. I think Bourne will get some hype because they're still young. They they have not turned twenty seven yet. They just signed 
a deal last year, so they still have two years in New England. They were a interesting target uh, weapon for them. They had 125 rushing yards. They had a solid yards per catch. Uh, only 70 targets, and they still turned that into wide receiver 34 with a relatively immature passing offense. Yeah, and I mean, so, my thing too is, yeah. you know, so yeah, so you're saying Kendrick Bourne is going to go into there with a lot of hype. If you're a Kendrick Bourne owner and that happens, you just hit the jackpot. I'm selling yeah, so all <laughs> all the shares I have if that happens. Because um, I don't think that's going to, I don't think he's going to suddenly become a wide receiver one or two just because they have a massive target share uh, void. No. I, I think that's so, what's I, more I, likely to happen is that. Uh, they're going to run the ball a lot, and they're going to dump it off a lot. So, yeah. To be clear, I don't actually think that situation is going to happen. I think they will bring in another free agent wide receiver. I think that they will make a serious push for either Godwin or Allen Robinson. And I also think they're going to double down and go in the draft. Now they've had terrible drafting history with wide receivers, a pitiful. And I think we could. There's well, one know. thing that Bill Belichick can't argue, can't draft. Yeah. It's it's wide receiver. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you can do it in the late rounds, not necessarily anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, like Nikhil Harry. Do you have any interest in Nikhil Harry? I don't. No. I yeah. mean, you can hand him to me if I have like an open spot. <laughs> I think you I'd rather have a, a, a soggy like ham sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not taking him unless there's like a good reason to have him, but. Yeah, Myers. So the thing is, you think Myers gets a real market in the free agency? I feel I think like it's going to be a decent market. I don't know if it's going to be like, you know, huge money by any means, but I think he's going to be in that like kind of second tier uh, free agent wide receiver market. Well, that'll be something to look at here in uh, March when free agency happens. Because I sort of figured no one would really be interested, and he just signed back when I'm on a relatively low deal. So that's part of where my interest is. is because of the target volume they've had, uh, they had 126 targets this year. So if they can do that, if they come back in New England and and it looks like they're going to have a decent amount of targets, I, yeah, give me Myers as a depth piece. That's the thing. Like those wide receiver fours, your wide receiver four, five, six. If you have a bunch of like legitimate wide receiver threes or really high end wide receiver fours, that helps. Bye yeah. weeks injuries. Those those are championship pieces. Like. Everyone wants the big shiny player. They want the Stefan Diggs, the Jalen Waddle. Like I get that, but like you, you also need some depth pieces to have a real title ca- team. Yeah, I got knocked out because of injuries, and I had like what ten injuries in our uh, Debbie <laughs> League, something yeah. crazy like that. So I was ba- barely even able to maintain a starting lineup. So yeah, those <laughs> those depth wide receiver pieces definitely. Uh, I was like, man, I wish I'd have had some of those, but. Uh, one thing too, I want to talk about, what do you think about the draft, uh, for them, for the wide receivers? So one prospect that I really like that I was actually kind of surprised that he declared early is Slade Bolden. I think he screams New England wide receiver, Bill Belichick wide receiver. He did go to Alabama. <laughs> he did go to Alabama. That's <laughs> that actually seems to be a prerequisite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he kind of. He reminds he's gonna he's not gonna be a fantasy superstar. I'm not gonna start to say that oh he's gonna come out and he's gonna be this fantasy superstar that everybody wants. I think you can get him in the later rounds of the draft and he becomes a, a steal on the bottom bench of your your roster. He'd be an interesting player. 
that's what the fourth and fifth rounds for in your rookie drafts is these random players that they're not terribly talented, like through the roof. Obviously, they're a fourth or fifth round draft pick, but they have a really good situation. Think of Ramondre Stevenson. Honestly, Ramondre Stevenson, huge miss by me last year. I just didn't like them, honestly, with their tape. But between the fact that he has more wiggle than I actually realized and he's in a good spot, Ramondre Stevenson has real value now. You could sell him for a second now. You could have got him for a fourth last year. Slade Bolden may be a similar situation. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the, the situation obviously matters, right? Of uh, course. But yeah, I, I like Slade Bolden a lot. I I actually have him in our Debbie League, and I'm hoping that he goes to New England. I'm hoping he goes to either New England or he goes to um, maybe a team like uh, New Orleans, which I'm a New Orleans fan, so I'd love to see another receiver go to New Orleans that actually is competent, which is short supply in New Orleans right now. If you weren't clear, you weren't aware of that. Yeah, and just um, to be clear, as we mentioned, our first college player of the podcast, we're not saying Slate pulled and drafted in the first round. He just happens to be uh, a good fit, is what we think. Um, my good fit, honestly, is David Bell. I think David Bell screams yeah. Patriot. Yep, great route runner, big frame, great hands. Seems seems like perfect Patriot. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of different options I feel like would be good in New England, and it just depends on the draft, where the draft, uh, where they fall in the draft. Uh, another option I think would be really interesting there is Traylon Burks. I mean, Traylon Burks is, <laughs> he's a freak. If y'all haven't seen this guy play, he's 6'2 plus and 225, and he, there's rumors he can rub sub, sub 4'4. And he, and he can, he's got mitts, he's got 5XL. Size gloves, please give me some Trey Burks or Traylon Burks, excuse me. So that's that's an option they could go. Um, many options they could go in the NFL draft. Those would all be fun. Uh, how about more of the players they have on the roster still? What do you think about the tight ends in New England? Uh, so tight ends in New England. So I I'm Hunter Henry actually kind of surprised me when I looked at his numbers. I didn't think he was actually as good as. Uh, the number said he was. So he's tight in 10 in PPR. He was touchdown dependent. You know, he only averaged six targets a game. But, I mean, tight in 10, that's not a bad deal. Uh, and, you know, tight ends are obviously, not, like, there's not very many of them. Not many quality ones, at least. So anything you can get out of the tight end position is a plus. Yes. So Hunter Henry, first season of their career, they had a f- five-year career. Maybe six year career in, in uh, LA with LA Chargers. This is the first year they've ever been healthy every game. So they've had a lot of injury issues. Um, so, but tight end 10, yeah, that's super valuable. Like you should be starting, they should be starting in every single league, tight end 10. My question though is if we're right about bringing in free agent wide receivers, bringing in these high draft pick wide receivers that hopefully actually pan out and knowing them for, for the first time, does that? give Hunter Henry even worse target share? Yeah, probably. Most most likely, you know, because Johnny Smith is kind of there. He, he kind of fell off, honestly, at tor- towards the tail end of the season. He had a, he was a pretty, he, he was pretty useful in the first, like, two games of the season. He was getting a lot of targets, or not a lot of targets, but he was getting a decent amount of targets for a tight end, a backup tight end in an offense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
I wonder how much he's used next year. I, I don't know because I know New England used to run a lot of two tight end sets back when they had you know Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. I don't know how realistic that is for that to continue. And I don't I don't know I don't even know if I'd want any of these two guys to be honest with you. If I if I can get any other option, uh, I'm going to try to get another option. And and one thing we aren't really discussing is what if they draft the tight end in the second round or the third round or something. I feel that's more of a long-term play for them. There's no, I just don't see a tight end coming in and taking Henry's job. I think, so Henry for me, he's like a good backup tight end on your roster. If if Henry's your starting tight end, you have a hole or you don't have a good team. But if yeah. Henry is your backup, for that's good. You have a you know startable tight end as your backup in case someone gets hurt, right? If you had Kittle, if you had Waller, if you had these players that, went down to be able to plug Henry into your lineup to fill that void. That's a valuable asset. How much, I don't think they can go any higher than this. I think, I think back in tight end one is about their, their uh, limit for, for tight end production in, in new England. Yeah. I'm so, curious if you could sell them for a decent price right now, because I feel like some people are going to look back on his charger days and say, well, man, he was, he had this high potential when he was in, in, with the chargers and I wonder if he, he bounces back in new England. I think you, you might be able to find somebody that's, that's willing to pay maybe not a lot, but enough to like basically offset your losses with Hunter Henry. Yeah. Or perhaps he's a, a package with, you know, you, you put him in a package. Yeah. Uh, like I love Pat Fryermuth. I, I thought Pat Fryermuth was the tight end to draft in 2020 just because of value. Not that he's better than Pitts, but Pitts was going so high, and you could get Fryermuth in the third round. And the fourth well, Pitts round. lived up to it too, to be fair. He he did, he did, but Fryermuth had a great year too. And my point is right, if I can give Hunter Henry and I don't know, a decent wide receiver three or a second round pick for Fryermuth, I'm I'm excited. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think Henry is a good trade target, but if you're holding on to him as that depth piece in case your your stud tight end goes down, that's not a bad plan at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I mean, you know, beating the dead horse, you know, I feel like tight ends are have, are, have become one of the most important positions on a championship fantasy roster. I, I am a huge, huge believer in getting as many good tight ends as you possibly can. Obviously you don't want to start or you don't want to have just a bunch of good tight ends just sitting on your bench, not doing anything, but you know, having some good tight ends as a backup, you know, it's, it's worth it. Worth it's to me, it, it makes a lot of sense and it's going to help your team in the long run. Cause it's so hard to get a good tight end in the draft. Cause they're so unpredictable at this point. Yeah. I'm so to be clear, right? We do do tight end premium. So you're getting 1.75 points our standard for uh, tight end receptions. So because of that, putting uh, tight ends into your flex makes a ton of sense. So I'm totally on board with you between that bonus points with the premium and just the positional scarcity. If you have three good tight ends, startable tight ends, your league mates are like, they're hurting. So you can kind of hold that over them. So I agree as a just a general principle of roster construction, having really good tight end depth is is very important or very yeah. useful at least. Yeah, because there's only what five, six good tight ends in the league. 
You could argue maybe seven, I guess. I like to think it's a little higher. Like I said, I'm 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 a big fan of Pet Farmer, but in terms of you know immediate production, right now, yeah, there it's limited. There's not yeah. 12 great tight ends out there. We were just talking about how Hunter Henry was number 10. Like, yeah, not to talk lengths and lengths about Hunter Henry, but yeah, as tight ends, if you can have some good ones, that's a huge advantage. Huge. All right. Well, yeah. Let's uh, let's move on to the Dolphins here. Um, yeah. Starting with one, I want to talk about the big firing of of Brian Flores. I. I think that sends clear messages of what they think about Tua and what what they want to get out of Tua. And I don't think I don't see it. I didn't see anything to make me think that Tua was going to be worth it in the NFL. And I think they made a huge mistake. You didn't like Tua coming out of Bama. No, I, I had him. I well, I didn't like Tua after the injury. I liked Tua okay. before the injury. Okay. Because I thought he had a little bit of uh, he was going to be able to be athletic enough to make it work, but I don't see any athleticism now. Well, and, that's a good point. Because I was going to say that in Tua's two seasons, he has thirty six and forty two rushing attempts. I thought Tua was so dynamic, but I guess it's just the hip injury, perhaps. Right? It is still relatively recent since the injury, so maybe that's a career can, ender before you know. Modern it used medicine. to be, yeah, yeah, it used to be, yeah. So That's I don't even Jackson think, is. yeah, yeah, right. So he was quarterback twenty six in twenty twenty one. Tua was. Uh, he did miss a bunch of games, so to be fair to him with that, but even the games he played, he wasn't good. And you could argue that yeah, that offensive line is terrible. I would say that that's that's a fair point. Um, but at the same time, firing Brian Flores was not the answer. And I don't understand why the Dolphins thought that was the answer. So the rumor is, is because Flores wants Watson. Why would you not want Watson over over Tua? Um, you're going to have to take that up with Miami leadership because apparently yeah. they want Tua, <laughs> which is nuts to me. Uh, so Tua as a fantasy asset, his, he was okay this year, right? The injuries, he missed, it, he missed games again two for two in that in his career. Um, but when he was there, he was useful. He was, just, he was, he was, but my issue is, is Tua just like bad Baker or, I mean, I guess Baker, because Baker, Baker is bad. Yeah. Like my, my point is, is by the end of the rookie contract, are they, are they a backup? Well, is I don't the, think Baker's going to be a backup by the time his rookie contracts over. But I mean, you, I, yeah. I get your point, right? Then that, that's my yeah, point, I, though, right? Is like, is the limit of Tua not how good they are, like for producing fantasy, or is it how good they actually are in the NFL? Because I feel Tua was a better fantasy uh, QB this year than NFL. Like, it was 100% the defense and the special teams, and Brian Flores doing a great job to have eight straight wins, in my opinion. Like, Tua had some moments, but I thought they won, right? Like that game against New Orleans, I think is a fantastic example of why that off the offense in Miami was terrible that day, and New Orleans was decimated by COVID. So, yeah. how do you not put up more of a fight as an offense than what they did that game? And you know, I don't think two is the answer. Clearly, you know, and also going into the running backs, I don't think any of the running backs are the answer. You know, Duke Johnson, he was the running back 71, but he had two big games to end of 2021. And I've heard people saying, 
the craziest things about Duke Johnson. I would sell him like anything what? you can get him. Seriously, I, literally anything. Literally anything, right? Like he, well, there's a reason he got picked up off the street. Give me Nikhil Harry over him. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and maybe uh, not, but but that's my point. Like <laughs> he was on the he was sitting on the couch. Don't get me wrong. Hey, props to Duke Johnson. He he was signed to the practice squad. Because they had injuries. They had COVID, and he can't, he showed up. He he did. And Duke Johnson had some moments in the past, but I think uh, I think Duke Johnson's time in the sun for fantasy football is long long over. So no no, I have no interest. Gaskin, I have some interest. He was bad. Not he was bad this year, though. He was three point six average rushing. I know. I, that, I know. I I don't think he gets. I don't think he's lead back next year. He was RB twenty four this year, though. He was. He I was see RB twenty four. Like poor poor man, Devin Singletary. I don't even know. If, but but the thing is, I don't even think he has a chance of being the the next running back or the running. That's back what next we year. said last year, though. That's true. That's true. We've, I just I think mean, if, you, if totally, you could sell him totally now, right I think that's here. the best case scenario, because oh. you know what's what's the worst case scenario here that you sell him and he all goes off for another year, goes and does like a running back twenty season again. I yeah, mean, I I'd rather take the pick for it and see if I can get a, a better prospect. What's the minimum you're taking? Are you taking a third instead of Gaskin? I think you could. I think you could probably uh, get me with a, the third for Gaskin. But I don't own uh, Gaskin in any league, right? So yeah, I wouldn't. I'd rather I'd rather Gaskin, just yeah. because there's a chance, right? They, like you said, there is a chance. What if, yeah. what if at RB twenty has value because yeah. you could have sold Gaskin, um, you could sell Gaskin as RB twenty. You know, week ten next year, you could sell them for easily a second, and you might put them in a package to get a first. So. For me, it's got to be a second to sell Gaskin just because there is some opportunity, potential opportunity. Yeah, and and if he does enter twenty twenty one as the lead back, you know you you're gonna get a running back twenty out of it. So you know there is that. Um, I just don't see them. I, I don't see any situation where they can. You can honestly tell me that with Tua as your quarterback, you go into twenty twenty one as your with your running back being Miles Gaskin. I don't. I don't see why you would submit yourself to that. As a dog, I'm as worried a dog. about Miami as a whole, as a team having. Huge I think regret. they're going to explode. Like I think they're going to just. I think they're going to have a top win three games. Game. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they win I, mean. three I think they're going to be horrible. Which honestly, I mean, that takes me to the next player. I really the only the player I cared the most about in Miami is Waddle. Waddle had an amazing season. He set the rookie yeah. reception record. Uh, he he wasn't this weird thing. Is it a two it thing? Although, right, in, in, in Bama, he was the deep threat. He was the deep threat of all deep threats. But now with Tua in the NFL, he's turned into this – he's turned into Jarvis Landry, which, hey, don't get me wrong, Jarvis Landry had some great years in Miami. But, like, is it the O-line? Like, why, why does he have no downfield threat right now? It is the O-line. They don't have time to throw the football. Um, yeah. and that's, you know, the offense, the offensive line is, is really bad there too. Um, and, but it's something to think about too, with Waddle is he was the only receiver that what didn't miss time this past year. So yeah. there's a lot of potential there that he could regress back down to like, you know, wide receiver 20 or 25 or something like that. And I like Jalen Waddle a lot. I'm not trying to say that I, I, I like Jalen Waddle a lot as a player. I think he's a 
very, very good NFL wide receiver. But I don't think that the dumpster fire that I expect Miami to be, I do not expect him to maintain that current level of form. And I, uh, I do yeah. think, though, that he will be in a lot of shootouts. Or not shootouts, but he will. they will be throwing the ball at the end of the game a lot. So, I mean, you could get a lot of garbage time numbers. But I think they're going to look awful next year. Yeah, I just hope that Waddle can be the one shining light in Miami next year. I agree. I think Miami's going to have a really bad 2022 because they just fired a, a very good football coach. And they don't if have a good quarterback. And if they you don't have a good coach that line. you fire, it becomes the number one coach prospect out there. You fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be the definition of a mistake. So there's that. Um moving on from Waddle though. So you have Devontae Parker and Wolf Fuller. So Devontae Parker, another injury riddled season. He has ne- been hasn't been able to maintain his health his entire time in the league. And that's really the only honestly, when he's been healthy, he's been good to decent. Yeah, Parker, he turns twenty nine. He turned 29 in, what, five days? This is January 15th. He turned 29 January 2022. Um, still has two years left on the deals. But, like, I I don't know. I just have so little interest. Like, give me a third. Give me a third and I'm walking away. If I'm, if I'm rebuilding, give me a fourth. I don't care. Like, he's old. He had one good season. Parker can't stay healthy. And we don't believe in the quarterback – or the offensive line. Like, why would I want Parker? Yeah. And then, you know, so Wolf Fuller, he's the next one on the list. He high finishes wide receiver 32, but he didn't, he played what, two games this year and really didn't finish any of them. Um, he's not he's on those agent in 2022. So he can't stay healthy. Yeah. Well, he never stayed healthy to begin with, to be fair. So I don't even think, one, I don't think he can stay healthy in a season to be worth a fantasy asset. What I do, what is what I would say though, is to keep him going into the year and see if you can flip him if he has like a big game, like he, you know how he has those big games where he has like, yep. you know, an eighty-yard touchdown catch and then like another yep. seventy-nine-yard touchdown catch to the in, a, in the same game. Like, if he can get that and you can sell him after that, do it. Absolutely, do that. Yeah, yeah, but if uh, if hey, Will Fuller's not going to be on many of my rosters by the time I have to upgrade my taxi squads. Uh, there's plenty of young players that I'm going to be more interested in than Will Fuller. Just the injury history. I'm sorry, yeah. you're a talented player, but best the best ability is availability. Yep, and then the last two real uh, options on the, the depth chart that both of them missed a lot of time this year uh, or in the past, Preston Williams and Albert Wilson – uh, both of them are basically non-fantasy assets, in my opinion. Preston Williams is the only one you could convince me that might be an asset in the future, just because he is kind of young. Um, but he didn't. He's he's been hurt a lot, so. Yeah, I got no interest in Wilson. Preston Williams, it it does hurt me to see what has happened because I I was buying them everywhere as a rookie. I was drafting them in the fourth round everywhere. Because they're very, very talented. They were seventh round pick, but that was because they had off the field issues. They were like a second round talent. They were a good player. Um, but you're right; they just can't stay healthy in the league. So, next, you know, yeah, find someone yeah. else. And you know, finally in Miami, you have Mike Gesicki, uh, tight end nine in 2021. You know, he was the number two receiver in Miami, but he only had two touchdowns. So I honestly would buy 
if if uh, I could get Mike Gusecki, even though I I don't you know like I said I don't like any of the people in, in Miami really, but I think Mike Gusecki is at least a good option just because he has so many he had so few tight ends this year. Or did I say tight ends? I meant touchdowns. Yes, with Gusecki though, I think Gusecki's value will be where they go. Like, do they stay in Miami? 2022 is their last year in the rookie deal. They just turned 26 in the fall and 21. They've been productive, tight end seven, tight end nine the last two years. They're very, very athletic. Like, you know, the, so the, I don't think you fire your coach after a nine and eight season and not re sign your best tight end because clearly that means that they think that they're competing for a championship if you're firing your coach after a nine and eight season. So why would you not sign your number two receiver? And there's a lot of questions I have in Miami, but I don't think Mike Gusecki re-signing is a question. After seeing Brian Flores fired, I'm not going to like start my uh, questions. Hey, what would be the logical thing for Miami to do? That's my, that's my thought, though. It's true. That's true. But I do like Gusecki. Um, I just think... I think I don't think a lot of owners are going to want a huge price for them. They're a young tight end that has really started to blossom the last couple of years in a relatively bad offense. Yeah, if I, if I have them, I'm holding for sure. But I don't think I'm acquiring them. I think the price would be pretty high. Oh yeah, the price is super high for for Gusecki, I feel like. Yeah, I'm not. I, I would. I I I feel like if it was me, I, I'm saying that I would that I would have the high price, but I feel like you could probably convince people that after the flying of Brian Flores and after, um, and after this past season, I feel like you could convince people to give him up for, for fairly cheap. Yeah. If I get Kasiki for fairly cheap, sign me up. You got anything else to talk about Miami? No, I, I, so do you think anything about these, uh, the Watson rumors? Uh, so recently there's a report that came out that said Watson, uh, after Brian Flores got fired, and Watson is is no longer an option for Miami, and I feel like that's probably true. I don't I don't see I don't see Watson going to Miami, and I definitely don't think he's gonna want to go there now anyway. So, other than Watson, though, I you know I don't, I don't have much to say about Miami. Yeah, I tend to agree. I I don't think Watson's going there with Fly, Flores out. So I think they're gonna have to stick with Tua, and uh, they're just gonna have to cry every day because they don't have Justin Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. And so for the Jets, so they had a lot of hype going in with Zach Wilson. Uh, obviously, he was selected number two overall. I, I really liked him in preseason. I thought he was going to be – I thought he was going to have a great rookie season, and he absolutely did not. How much of that can be contributed to the offensive line, though, is the, my, my question. Um, and also, too, he lost a lot of his weapons in – the receiving game, which were already pretty limited to begin with, uh, with injuries to both Corey Davis and Elijah Moore for a lot of the season. So, um, I, you know, I don't know what to think about Zach Wilson because the offensive line is bad in New England or New York, but I don't know how much of his issues were associated with just the offensive line. Because if you look at Michael Carter, for example, every single time that Michael Carter had a big game, it was with. Zach Wilson not under center, so I'm a big believer in Michael Carter. I think he showed just how much his how much potential he has in the NFL in the games that Zach Wilson didn't start. But for Zach Wilson, why are you forcing the ball into 
double coverage when you have Michael Carter, who is very effective in the short yardage situations and as a dump off option. It sounds like you're kind of in the middle of the spectrum of Zach Wilson. There's a lot of people saying that the sky is falling. Oh my God, Sam Darnold 2.0. Uh, I'm not hearing that. Is that right? Yeah, I, I'm. You're concerned, I'm but you're not. You're not petrified. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Um, but at the same time, you mentioned all their weapons uh, were hurt, like Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. Uh, I think they're both solid receivers. Well, first of all, I think Elijah Moore is going to become an outstanding receiver. But as a rookie. You know what they're producing at an NFL level is is solid. Uh, so they miss a lot of games, and they they Beckton their their what mountain of a man left tackle missed almost the entire season. I've heard a lot um, of people say that New York is uh, not happy with Beckton, and that they are looking to replace him. I saw that. Well, that's that's certainly I saw sad. That by, uh, I saw that from a couple reporters. Oh boy. But my point is, is I'm going to kind of give Zach Wilson a pass. Like, I'm sorry, not everyone can land in New England. Like, it's, I think this comparison between Wilson and, and, um, and Jones shows you how important landing spot is. You have to have playmakers. You got to have play callers. And you have to have protection. And Part of the issue, though, with, too, with, with Zach Wilson was um, Sam Darnold, he started off the year so strong. And so everybody was like piling on him like, Oh man, like they should have just kept Sam Darnold. They should have just kept Sam Darnold. Well, Sam Darnold didn't end up doing anything in Carolina either. And he's clearly not the answer there. So I think people are a little bit too hard on him and I, I, and he might not end up being a good NFL starter, but I don't think it's time to, to hit the the panic button yet. That's what I thought. Um, I might be biased. I'm not going to lie. I had Zach Wilson as uh, my second quarterback prospect in 2020, uh, 2021. I I just really like their arm talent. And first of all, let's talk about how athletic Zach Wilson is. Zach Wilson can move. Like Zach Wilson is not a statue by any means. Like Zach Wilson has some serious step in his legs. So I actually have Zach Wilson as my number one, right? Wow. Uh, you, you actually remember me talking about Trevor Lawrence a lot. And I know we had a lot of conversations about Trevor Lawrence. I knew and you were I, a Trevor Lawrence hater. I didn't realize you actually had bumped him down to – Two. I had him in number two, yeah, yeah, because wow. I, I like was a big believer in Zach Wilson's ability in the NFL. I thought he was going to be a a superstar, and I'm not willing to panic yet. Like I said, but at the same time, I am. I think that Mac Jones is going to be the best quarterback in this class, and I don't think it's going to be all that close. Yeah, I, I don't I think certainly... any of them. I think I would. I wouldn't be surprised if all of the other. Why quarterbacks in this draft class are backups by the end of their rookie contract. And I'd say the I'm only not- one who I would say is probably going to get a second contract is Trevor Lawrence. I'm not quite there with you on that, but I, I do. I'll say this. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a that's a hot take. That's a hot take right there. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Set the alarms off, please. That, that is quite the hot take. I'm still very in on actually all five of the quarterbacks. Uh, but I, I think Zach Wilson had a really bad year. I think they had a lot of um, adversity to deal with. But I think they can turn into something. They have some decent weapons. Corey Davis is going to be around. Elijah Moore is going to be around. Michael Carter is going to be around. They, the Jets 
they seem to be playing better at the end of the year. Like they, oh my God, how bad were they at the beginning? People were just piling on, like you said. But I think Zach Wilson, so Zach Wilson is a buy. I he did. He improved a lot towards the end of the year. I'll say that. He definitely improved a lot. I'll spend a late first for a quarterback with a lot of potential uh, in 2022 draft. Like you can get some great receivers at the end of the draft uh, and the end of the first round likely this year, but quarterback, oof, please. And I got to think that most most Zach Wilson owners would love to get a first round pick back from right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm going to start with the second, but I'll go up to uh, I'll go up to, you know, one. 110, 111. Yeah, and, and a lot of a lot of my issue with Zach Wilson was just that he didn't dump the ball off. I think if he can learn to utilize his running back or his tight end in the in the game or in the passing game instead of just chucking it to the wide receiver in whatever double coverage or just trying to make a make a play, I think he will fix a lot of the issues that he had. Yeah. I, I... I think I've said it all for, for Zach Wilson. Um, I, I'm i not casting him off, but certainly it was an alarming season. I'll leave it at that. What about Michael Carter? I'm, I was super high on Michael Carter going into the season, and I think he kind of showed the, the value that he has. Um, but what do you think? I Carter was one of my successes of the 2021 draft. I grabbed him in the third round in a lot of places, and you can get a lot more for Michael Carter than a third-round pick right now. Um, they had a whole lot of problems with this offense, as we discussed earlier, um, but they still were able to have a 4.35 yards per carry. Uh, they had 55 targets this season. They're a small back. They are not Javante Williams. They're a small back, but – there's plenty of running backs that have proven in the NFL that you can be highly productive in a PPR format like Michael Carter's build. Well, so that, like that yards per carry, too, is like honestly pretty impressive considering how bad the offensive line was. For um, sure. That's that's my point. And Tevin Coleman is a free agent as well. Uh, so he is probably going to be gone. And so Ty Johnson is going to be the backup, I would say. So I would say that Michael Carter is in for a pretty solid workload next year as of right now. You've, how many t- touches do you think they can really handle throughout the season? Uh, I, think, I think you could look at Alvin Kamara for that answer. Whether, I'm, whether he's going to be Alvin Kamara or not is a little bit of a stretch, but I think he can maintain that same level of touches as Alvin Kamara does. Well, that's the thing for me is Kamara never had high volume. He just was ultra efficient. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I don't see I Carter be, being ultra efficient in this offense. I think he could get like a sixty, sixty-five percent snap percentage. Oh yeah, just it, like Kamara. I I see see where right Kamara's had years and years and years of RB one. I think Carter can have years, certainly years, at least if not years and years, but of RB two. I think he can have a lot of RB sixteen, RB twenty two, RB eighteen seasons, which is super valuable. Don't get me wrong. My thing is, is I think the Jets are a very likely candidate to either draft or bring in a free agent running back to split the workload this season. Why because, would you like, draft a running back when you desperately need offensive line and you could definitely need a tight end too? Because I mean, we'll get into the tight ends here in a little bit, but the tight ends are not good and the offensive line is a major, major question mark. Well, I mean, so the Jets don't 
have a lot of great things going for them, but they have a lot of draft stock. They've got two top seven picks. They've got two seconds. They've got a third. They've got two fourths, and they've got two fifths. That's why I would take one because I could I'm grab a running back. I'm looking at Tyler Lindbaum in the second or the uh, first round as my Jets pick in one of their spots because uh, they have two in the top ten, right? So I think they're going to go with Tyler Lindbaum at the center from Iowa with one of those two picks, and I think they should. And I don't think they will. I think they should draft a tight end as well, or not a tight end, excuse me, a tackle. Sure, but that's. Not my concern. I can grab a fourth round, fifth round running back that's effective. Carter. Oh, was a you mean? Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant like I'm a second round running back. No, I'm not saying a top dog. I'm I'm saying someone that replaces Coleman, but is a younger version and is going to limit the upside of Carter. I still think Carter is going to be your uh, the running back to own for sure. I just don't see them being much more like I said than that mid RB two year in year out which has value, but I think there are people out there that might think that they can be more than that. So that's why I'm considering selling Carter. I just yeah. got an offer today yeah. for uh, 108 in a Superflex tight end premium league. I for smashed. Michael, for Michael Carter? Yep. Smashed. Smashed yeah. except. Yep. Kidding? Yeah, because like this year I you're probably getting a seven last year in that league. Yeah. You'll probably get that's- at least like a – uh, a solid wide receiver out of that. Cause I mean, I, I think that's probably looking where you're, you might be able to get Traylon Burks for that. If the draft plays out right, maybe you might be able to get um, like, you'll definitely be able to get like David Bell or like John Dotson, one of those guys, right? You, you should yeah, get I a mean, very good option. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that and I get it. Yeah. Like Carter was good. I liked him coming out. That's why I got him so much, but yeah, Between if anybody's listening to this that wants to wants to trade a first round <laughs> pick, please do not do that. That is way too much. No, no, yeah. So let's. Uh, I th- that's a good question to answer. What What are you willing to pay? What's your top of the uh, of your range that you're willing to pay for Carter? And so I, I, love, guess- I like Carter a lot, um, and I I wouldn't pay more than a what I got. Like so, I paid. I think in the dynasty league that wasn't a super flex that I, I was in, we I paid a second round, high second round pick for him. And I would be happy with getting a, in a non super flex league. This is, I would say I would get, I'd be happy with a bottom first round pick. And that's going to probably give me like one of the tier two wide receivers. If I had to guess, what um, are you going to pay to, to, to acquire Carter though? I would, that's what I'm saying. I would probably, I would probably okay, pay like give a, up a late first. Yeah, I, I feel like that's probably the top, and that's just a so, non super flex though. So that's like you know none of so the quarterbacks are going high. We're looking at an early first then, is that or sorry, an early second? Yeah, probably is an early second. Good? Yeah, somewhere maybe maybe a little bit lower, and that's just because I really like a, a Michael Carter. See, that's a little rich for me because there's going to be some so. The running back class is okay. The top ones are pretty good in 2022, but the depth isn't great. But the wide receivers in 22 are really good. And quarterbacks always get pushed way too high because there's a bunch of very average quarterbacks in 2022 class, not to jump into rookies too hard. But yeah. with 202, with the 14th pick in the 2022 draft, I'm going to be able to get it. I think I can get Dotson 
at, at 202. I would much rather have Dotson than Kyler Personally, See, this year, this coming year, I just don't see why why people are going to jump for a quarterback because I don't think there's anyone, any single one that is worth a... Because they're going to get drafted in the NFL. That's just how people are, man. Draft capital, uh, yep, draft capital, I, draft capital. Yep, I don't see I don't see any reason why I would take a quarterback in this in the in the first round this year. Um and I know I know people will. Um They will. And and so see that that kind of gives me to another point that I have with Michael Carter too is I would I would actually wait until the day of the draft to try to make a trade. See see what people are, are doing because I mean we do a lot of slow drafts, right? So um yeah. So I like we we do a lot of draft day trades which I would try to wait until the draft until it's getting closer to my pick and see who's available. Because like you said, there might be some, somebody might be making a run on quarterbacks and then, well, well, I, I have all these receivers that I really like. I'm not going to give you my, I'm not, I don't want my Carter over these guys. So then, you know, situation like that, I would, I would do that, but, but I don't have that problem because I drafted my Carter literally anywhere I could. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. You ready to talk about these wide receivers? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, starting off Elijah Moore, you were, you were a big Elijah Moore fan in the draft. I know that you undercut me quite a bit on Elijah Moore. Yeah, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore was my 2021 Justin Jefferson. So I was super high on Justin Jefferson, and I let all the talk and everyone saying, "Oh, but you gotta go, Rugs. You gotta go, Denzel Mims. You, you know, they were saying all these other receivers. You gotta go Higgins." And I let that happen, and I missed out on Jefferson in a few leagues, and obviously I'm kicking myself for that. So I said, I'm not going to let that happen. I love Elijah Moore. I think they are incredibly talented. So I grabbed them everywhere. Um, honestly, too high in some places, but they're my fi- favorite dynasty asset by far. By far. Um, yeah, I have a love affair with Elijah Moore. I'll put it that way. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like Elijah Moore a lot. I don't know if uh, I'm putting him in the same tier as the other top wide receivers. Uh, I, I think he's kind of in a wide receiver two tier right now. Um, there's quarterback questions. There's uh, questions with, with Corey Davis being there. I don't know how many targets he's going to get. He had a lot of uh, – I mean, a lot of his value was dependent on touchdowns. Um, so – but the game and the games he did have were that were good games were the games when Corey Davis was out. So I think that's key to mention there. But I would definitely I definitely think he's gonna be a great receiver in the NFL. So I, I think he's a good option to pick, but I don't know for what price I would be getting get him at. And I think a lot of the people who bought him are still super high on him. Yeah, that's the problem. I've been trying to acquire Elijah Moore just about everywhere, and it's really hard. Um, I think it's just because the what we've seen last of Elijah Moore, the last six games, he's had he had 10.2, 13.1, 27.4, 13.4, 29.6, and 20.6 points per game in PPR. So he crushed it. Those are mostly touchdown numbers, though, to be fair. And yeah, and I, but a lot yeah, of- so so the thing is too, like with that. I, I think Corey Davis is going to take those targets, and I don't, I just don't see I don't see Elijah Moore being anything more than like maybe a, a low wide receiver two or as a ceiling I would say a high wide receiver two. Maybe he has a couple really good games where he's like kind of a deep threat. Yeah, I mean well, I, I don't, we I don't need know to what to offline see. talk about me acquiring all of your Elijah Mitch, uh, Elijah Moore shares. Then I don't have any Elijah Moore shares. You have them all. 
<laughs> okay, well, I did well there then. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, like I said, though, like any any owner who drafted Elijah Moore last year, it seems like is hoarding those shares. So, uh, yeah, good luck getting them from me. <laughs> so, you know, it, so it's it's tough to see the value there. Yeah, I so think it's a hold. I think he's be, a hold mostly. Yeah, you seem to be a big fan on Davis. I'm not a big Davis fan. I just think that he is going to take targets from, and you know, you know that I've had a, I, I like Davis a lot when he was even in Tennessee, um, and so I had a lot of misses on him for a lot of years, and I was actually kind of happy that last year when he finally uh, blew up, even though he wasn't on my roster by that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, I so I think he's going to be a solid option. I don't think he's going to be a great option by any means. I think he's like a wide receiver two, a low wide receiver two, maybe a wide receiver three. That's what I saw. I see. So they're twenty seven this month in January twenty two, and they just finished their first year of a three year deal with New York. I see them having next two years really solid wide receiver three years, you know, wide receiver thirty something valuable. But the thing is, is I don't think that's what the community for the most part is valuing them at. So I think Davis is a buy. I think Davis is a great example of those small little trades you make in the fancy football offseason. I call it the non-point scoring season because there is no offseason in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Um, that by the time November comes around and you're going for a playoffs, those are the moves that pay dividends. So I'm trying to get Davis. I would... I think you could probably get him for two threes, maybe a late second this year. One guy that I think, and I and you, you're going to think I'm crazy for saying this. I think Denzel Mims is going to get traded this year, and I think he's going to have a great 2022. Not you. I think he's going to have on Denzel I, Mims, my friend. I yeah, I I refuse to give up on Denzel Mims. <laughs> <laughs> I think Denzel Mims was your Elijah Moore for me. Yep, I. I had I, I have Denzel I Mims all over the place. He can't even get on the damn field. Yeah, I think he, well, he's on the outs with Salas, so I think he's going to get. I think he's going to get traded, and I think. I I don't think to be fair. I don't think he's going to like be a wide receiver three or two. I think he's like a wide receiver four at best. But I don't know. I I think part of it is just I had so much high hopes for him that I refuse yeah. to give up. But <laughs> Denzel Mims makes me wonder if I should scout the helmet. So when I'm looking at rookies, I always try to not scout the helmet. I look at what helmet they're wearing. Are they playing at Bama? Are they playing at Eastern Michigan? I just try and look at the skills of the player. But when I see another Baylor wide receiver just totally fall flat, I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe I need to stay away from yeah. Baylor wide receiver. Yeah. But I agree. If men's gets trades, that's a best-case scenario for them. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's obviously what I'm hoping for. Is I'm hoping for a trade. Um and it, just for anybody listening out there, I do not think you should go buy the Dillman's. <laughs> Please do not <laughs> share the pain of, of my friend Robert. Um, so the other thing too is so Braxton Berrios. Um, so he's wide receiver sixty this year, and he's kind of a slot receiver. Um, but I don't think he's really all that valuable long term. I think he's just kind of he benefited a lot from the injuries in in New York. But I yeah, don't know if I you want to if you're a buyer. No, I I'll, I want to give Braxton Bears their few seconds of of uh, recognition because they're a first team All Pro punt returner. Good job, Braxton Berrios. Unfortunately, I don't play in fantasy football leagues where punt returners get a lot of value, so I don't want you. 
but good job for your punt returning skills. That's all I have to say for Braxton Barris. I'll try and keep her respectful. Yep. Uh, and then the tight end group in the New York. Um, if you're invested in the New York tight end group, you should draft a tight end in the first round because you need a tight end desperately. If that is, if Brian Griffin or Tyler Croft is your top, top tight end, you need a tight end. Well, I see. I d- totally disagree. Actually, uh, at least your first point about drafting the first round, because I don't think there's a, a tight end worth that. What oh, I yeah, think that was a, that was that was sarcasm. But okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> what you need to do is, if that's your case, you say, "All right, we're going full rebuild, and I'm going to acquire picks, 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 picks." But yes, I yeah. agree. Neither of them are worth anything. They're old tight ends that aren't very good, and yeah, no thanks. I, I feel like they're going to draft a tight end uh, pretty early in the draft. Um, I'm thinking maybe in the second round. Um, I'm thinking Jalen Weigermeyer from uh, Texas A&M. That's kind of my uh, initial thought. Um, yeah. But we'll see. So that's actually the last thing I wanted to talk to you about with New York Jets is their draft picks. We, we mentioned earlier they have a lot of draft stock. Uh, for fantasy purposes, What what's – the best case scenario or more likely scenario for you? What what are you hoping for at least? I'm hoping that they go offensive line with three of their first four picks. Mm, okay. And I, I think I think that they are in a situation this year where they need any help that they can get along the offensive line. Um, I think they're going to be big buyers in the offseason uh, and free agency for um, offensive line help. And I think in the draft, they are going to be big players in the free agent or in the draft market for offensive line. Um, and I think the biggest competitor there is actually both teams in New York. Both teams in New York need, 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 need offensive line, right? Yes. So who who's who drafts it first? Because I honestly think that the Giants would be would make a mistake if they don't if, if Evan Neal is available for the Giants at that their first pick, they have to take Evan Neal. And then the same thing, I would actually if I was them, I would. I would take uh, Lindbaum as well. Um, and for the Jets, I'm hoping that Lindbaum uh, falls to them at, in the top 10. Yeah, yes, I know that that's like super high for a center in the NFL. It is super high for a center. Just to I be clear, would, but Lindbaum is a stud. Yeah. Just remember, uh, yeah, he's a total stud. But um, yeah, I mean, offensive line, that's going to help Carter. That's going to help Zach Wilson. You hope it helps the whole offense as a whole. Um. Yeah, I they think need they a lot of help, though. Again. They need a lot of help, though. It's it's quite they're bad football team. They're drafting for yeah. us for a reason. They're a bad yeah. football team. But they've been a bad football team for a long time. I gotta say, I like what they've done in the last you know eighteen months. You got anything else for the Jets? No, I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, so, uh, what do you? What's our next uh, episode going to look like? Uh, so our next episode, we're going to be covering the AFC North. Um, I do want to thank anyone listening to us. We had a really good time with this. Uh, we really enjoy talking fantasy football, sharing content with you. Get at us on Twitter at dot correction at bubblehead fantasy FB. We'll be interacting with our listeners. We can uh, answer your questions and thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you guys. Y'all have a great day.